Merry Christmas and welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. It's Advent and it's time to prepare for Christmas. So over the next four weeks, we will talk about the different topics of Advent. Peace, hope, joy, and love. I hope you'll join us and we can all prepare for Christmas together. Merry Christmas and welcome to the table. This week we are talking about Advent love and I have asked a new friend to come and join me today. My friend joining me today is Jody Swee and she spent many years working with Young Life and now she has started her own ministry called Live Idle Wild and she speaks and she's getting ready to host a retreat, which you should check out. And I'll make sure that all the things are in the show notes. Um, but she was introduced to me by, or we were connected through our friend Andrea McMaster. So shout out to Andrea. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Thanks, Angie. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. This is so fun. And we were just talking and talking before I started recording. And I was like, <laughs> I need to start recording. Yes. Otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> Although I have a feeling you and I will not run out of things no, I to talk about. Think I think so. we'll be okay. So is there anything else that you would like to tell us about you? I love Jesus. I love Diet Coke, mm. even though I know it's not good for me. It's my one vice. And I really love yoga. I'm a mama to two little girls who are seven and eight. And I'm married to the most amazing man on the mm. planet. Everyone who meets my husband, John, likes me better after they've met my husband. <laughs> I've actually had someone say that to me. They're like, he was this guy who's like, you know, I thought you were okay. And then I met your husband and you must be better than I thought because your husband's so great. I'm like, fair. My husband's amazing. So I get it. But yeah, so that's like me in a nutshell. Oh, Family, funny. Diet Coke, Jesus, and yoga. There you go. <laughs> All summed up. That's funny. Just the other day, my younger son was saying, you know, mom, you drink Diet Pop. Why, why don't you let us drink it if it's not good for us? Why are you drinking it? And I was like... Crickets. Um, yes. <laughs> that is a good question. Do you ever find yourself going, do do as I say and oh not my, as I do? That's what I'm always my like. My mom said that all the time. I, I've probably said it, but I try really hard not to. They're with my girls. They, they actually, my husband has conditioned them in the Diet Coke. They're like, every mm. time I drink it, they're like, Mom, that's so bad for you. And I'm like, I, I, I'm pretty sure my girls will never drink pop mm-hmm. just because their dad has inundated them with trying to get me to stop drinking Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. So That's funny. Oh, that's yeah. like when we were little with people who smoked. You'd be like, do you know how bad that is for no, you? I swear to you that Diet Coke, I say this all the time, Diet Coke is the cigarette of this generation. Mm. There's something, it's addictive. It's, it's hard. an addictive ingredient. Yes. It makes some, you crave it fortnightly. It's, so, it's something. And it's like, and so it's hard to quit. And it's just, mm-hmm. I'm convinced that it is. But it's weird because like you think of the people with a cigarette in their mm-hmm. hand walking around. You'll always see me with a little, like I've got my Diet Coke pretty mm-hmm. much wherever I go. And I'm like, ah. and it's so hard. My dad actually, he was not kidding when he's like, you know, they really should have some sort of like warning label no an alcohol like alcoholics anonymous for oh, diet coke drinkers but diet like a coke anonymous yeah because <laughs> so i so do you drink it's all true. kinds of diet pop or are you mm, just diet coke usually okay. yeah or diet dr pepper yes because it tastes the most like the real thing yes that's so funny <laughs> i know other diet pop drinkers mm-hmm. can drink anything but if you drink diet coke you don't you don't go 
over to mm-hmm. the other sides. Like I don't even go to restaurants. I won't go to a restaurant unless I have Coke products. Oh, interesting. I know. I'll drink Diet Pepsi if it's Diet Cherry Pepsi. Uh, that I like. Yes. I'll do that if I yeah. accidentally show up at a restaurant. But I do do a lot less pop than in general than I used to. Oh, and for anyone who's listening and not from Minnesota, pop is soda or Coke, depending upon where you're from. From here, it's pop. I get kind of confused between pop and soda because I'm originally from outside of Chicago. Okay. And then I lived in Wisconsin for seven years and then I moved up here. So all over yeah. the map with that. <laughs> my bo- one of my boys will call it soda. He'll be like, you are Minnesotan and you call it pop. If you want it, you better call it pop. <laughs> That's how I feel with Duck Duck Gray Duck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to go there? Well, so you're not from Minnesota? Well, so <laughs> my girls were born and raised here in Minnesota. And so my husband's from Wisconsin. I'm from Illinois. And so this whole Duck Duck Gray Duck thing, we were like, what now? <laughs> we're, we're like, no, that makes no, it's Duck Duck Goose. Like that's where <laughs> the fun is. And, but we actually decided that we were going to let that one go because we, we decided to put all our powers behind making sure our girls were Packer fans mm. in a Viking, in Vikings country. Yeah. So we're like, all right, we'll give you Gray Duck. Yeah. Although you're not alone. There are a lot of Packer fans that live in Minnesota. More than you think. Although, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, my girls actually got heckled at church wearing a Packer jersey. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I was like, we are at church. church. <laughs> Is nothing sacred? <laughs> it's real. The, the competition between the two. Although in Wisconsin, the commitment to the Packers is different than the pack, the commitment to the Vikings, I feel like. Maybe because the Packers have won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and the Vikings mm-hmm. haven't. Mm-hmm. But it's like a holiday. I've talked to people who live in Wisconsin, and they say, you do not plan anything on Sunday when there's a Packer game. No, we it actually goes in our Google calendar <laughs> to make sure that it is protected space yeah. in our world. So, yeah, um, yeah. Please, yeah. please don't hate me, uh, those of you out there who are Vikings fans or otherwise. And people don't. People are very passionate about their dislike mm. for the Packers. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can't we be friends? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I'll root for your team as long as they're not playing my Packers. Right, exactly. We're getting way off topic. Oh, shoot. We sorry. are supposed to be talking about Advent love. What do you think of when you think of Advent love or even just love in general? What does it, what does that mean to you? Or does that bring up in you? Uh, you know, since, ever since you invited me on and you said, okay, we're going to be talking about love. First of all, all I could think of was in Love Actually when they're mm. all singing in the church. So I really hope. Can you can, can yeah. you add that in post-production? Just <laughs> yeah. like in this little quote. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, but I've been really thinking about what love means to me. And it is so foundational to everything I do. Actually, on my, I was thinking about this yesterday. On my Instagram profile, the first thing it says is, lover of people mm. and I, I was giggling yesterday so I'm like that might sound real weird if you don't know <laughs> like the first but just what I was thinking like what does it mean to love people and mm-hmm. I think what I have learned from Jesus about love is is this kind of this you are loved as you are mm-hmm. where you are no matter what and I think that's something that is such a struggle for so many of us is because we put all these conditions on it. Mm-hmm. The no matter what. The part no of it. matter what. And mm-hmm. I, I'm always saying to people, I'm saying, I say, it doesn't matter what you have done or what you're going to do tomorrow. God's love for you will be the exact same. Mm. And so just kind of what does it mean to live in that? You know, to mm-hmm. be, to know that 
you are loved fully and wholly as you are. No, it's it's something that's so. I mean, love. It's one of those things where it's like it seems like such a complicated, but it's so simple mm-hmm. and yet so hard for us to grasp. Mm-hmm. Right. I was watching. Uh, I was watching the Christmas movie last night. Not the Hallmark Channel. Oh, I was like, which one? <laughs> no, not not the Hallmark Channel. I have strong feelings about that. Mm. Um, oh my gosh! Can we please digress in a little bit? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As, okay, I will go there. Okay, please do. I think chick flicks can give women the wrong, an unfair and wrong view of what a man is supposed to be like, and set up wrong expectations within a relationship. Mm. I also have to say I fully watch rom-coms and <laughs> chick flicks. And I know that it's not real, but there are there have been times where I oh, I wish she would just do this or do that and it's not it's not a realistic expectation of another person. Okay. So, yes. So I actually was thinking about this a great deal very recently because I'm a little embarrassed to admit this and now I'm going to admit it like in public on a podcast, um, but I got really obsessed with the Outlander series, which A, is not for the faint of heart. There is some scenes in there. I I flipped through some pages. But the story is about this, this encompassing, sweeping love story between these two. And I was obsessed with it. (laughs) And it was just this weird, and there was a weird part of me that was like, why? I know it's not real. Mm Mm-hmm. But but what also because it's a woman from like the 1940s falling through back into in time. Yeah. Yes, she falls in time and she meets this like Scottish Highlander who's like just dream- like he is. It's during the Jacobite Rebellion. Yes, isn't it? yes. Thank you for giving context. Yeah. I just get right over the context because <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to admit that I read these things. I I really spent some time. I had to kind of sit on it and pray about it because I'm like, what what in me is so drawn to things like that. And I think it's it's a little bit of the the perfection of that love mm-hmm. that we can't, right? That which, Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, yeah, yes. We're coming it's back around love. love. Yes. Yeah. And the unrealistic expectation right. of it. But, but that there is a desire within us mm-hmm. for that perfect love, but we put that on another human being mm. when the only one who can offer us that is... Jesus. And so it was really, it was, it checked me a little bit because it's like that, that desire in my heart Mm -hmm. is something that can only be filled by God. And so it was tricky for me. I'm like, okay. It was, it was, it was sweetness and being able to and some freedom and recognizing that, that that's a real desire of my heart. And then, but the check of going, okay, but I can't expect my husband to be all and everything because he's just another human. I mean, he's he's, not a Scottish Highlander. Right. He does have some red in his beard, but that's as close <laughs> as we get. But, but you know, like that – but I think that's more the issue with those is we, we tend to put all of our expectations for perfect love mm-hmm. on another that person, person when they can't. They're just, you know, they're just as broken and – Right. You know? Or when you're in the midst of a relationship or a marriage that you have an unrealistic expectation of what that relationship is going to provide for you mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. which for me has gotten me – has gotten me into trouble with having unrealistic expectations of my husband. I have not stopped watching rom-coms, but there are some that I just want. Like there was one the other day on Netflix because they have a bunch of Christmas movies now that they're doing. And at the beginning it said, based on a Harlequin novel. And I was like, nope. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, No, I can't. Like there are just some, for me, some boundaries that I have had to put Yes, for me. Other people may have different boundaries, but I still think there's a good check of 
it's fine to just do something that for entertainment, but then also to be conscious of, you know, how is this seeping in right. and sinking in? Right. So yeah. how, so how have you talked to your husband about like that when you put on unrealistic expectations on it? Do you guys talk about? We had talked, we've had talked about it a little bit a long time ago. We mm-hmm. haven't talked anything about it recently. I did, it was funny because I had that conversation with my husband, John, because he was just like, he knows every once in a while I'll get into a book series mm-hmm. and I will just, he will just lose me. Like deep dive. Yes. He's <laughs> like, okay, bye. I'll see you when you're done. <laughs> and so he was just kind of just appreciating me, appreciating the gift of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I had to talk to him, but I'm like, I, this is really weird for me how I'm so drawn into the story. And, you know, he, we were joking around the character's name is Jamie and just, but he's so, he's like, everything you would want in a perfect per you know the way mm-hmm. he loves his wife because it's all it's a husband and wife the whole story mm-hmm. is the way he loves his wife and he protects her with his body like he is willing to die for her and almost does him like it's it's very but there's so i watched i will admit i watched some of the show yes some of the first yes. season but same thing like yeah that had yes fast forward because really guys that's not good for your brains no i'm just no. telling you Yes, like this, that manly man protector, but then also a vulnerability oh, and an innocence yes. too. Yes, he, yeah. that's he was all the things. Mm-hmm. And but so just talking to John about, you know, I know, just kind of having to say like, I know, and I don't expect you to be all those things. And so mm-hmm. he's so used to me. He's like, don't worry, it's 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 good, Jody. <laughs> I get it. I'm like, okay, thanks for getting me. Okay, but how we got on this tangent was the show that I was watching last night. It's called Home oh, shoot, yes. for Christmas. Yes. And it was a movie that takes place in Brighton, the UK. And it's about a girl who's obsessed with rom-coms. And so she works at a cinema and shows movies all the time. And she's always watching them. And, and there's this dialogue of how she knows that, like, she just wants a man to tell him that he loves her Mm, like mm -hmm. in a rom-com and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of following her and her knowing like it's not realistic but there was a woman an older wiser woman and she talked about love that when you take it apart it's four letters but when you put those four letters together it means so much and I thought that is so true Mm -hmm. it's so it's such a loaded word and and it can be used in in different ways you know such different ways of you know oh I love tea to yes I love my children or I love God I love my husband you know all these different where English comes short mm-hmm. about love mm-hmm. of how to express it mm, yes and how do you does that mean we shouldn't use it the way we do you know should we be more protective of it well I think so have you ever read learning to speak God from scratch no. By Jonathan Merritt. It's a very good book. He talks about how God to speak in America is going down. Like just even religious, moral language, the use of those words is going down and how we need to bring it back. And there are different ways that we can approach it. We can either say that those words have a hard and fast black and white meaning. We can say that they have no meaning and not use them at all. Or we can say... There is some flexibility in the meanings of words. Not that they don't mean anything, but that you kind of have to have a be in conversation to figure out what somebody means by a word. Mm-hmm. So I think with love, mm-hmm. then we have to stay in conversation or understand I love tea is different than I love my husband. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
it's it's more than the words it's it's the action mm-hmm. of it you know as dc talk said love is a verb oh you just busted out some dc talk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bring it well and and you know that really also kind of circles back then to this idea while we're sitting here in advent Mm-hmm. and leading up to God's gift of love, right, with Jesus and all the things that you hear around this time. But how often do we treat God's love like tea, right? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with the depth of I love tea instead of I love my children and, and living in the reality and the truth of the way God loves us. Right. We don't we do not do that very, you know, oh, God loves, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of live in that surfacey place when – there's so much more depth that we can access and be and live in that we don't, which is one of the things about Advent that I was thinking about is like we have this opportunity to like snuggle in mm. to this, like snuggle in. It's not just I mean, the parties and the presents I'm all about, like enjoy the holiday hustle mm-hmm. and bustle. But there's also an opportunity to really give it meaning and to God, how much God loves you and me and in real and when you know you're loved in that Mm -hmm. perfection of like jamie outlander (laughs) but like the father of the universe when you're loved like that that allows you to live differently Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so say a little bit more about that about how has your understanding of god's love for you changed the way that you've approached things especially now that you are doing your own ministry and not under the umbrella of a larger, you know, more well-known yes. ministry? Yes. Oh, that's a great question, Angie. Um, it's, it's been a constant wrestling for me mm. because I actually, right before, so um, we both had an opportunity to go to the Azer Collective, which Joe Saxon did in here in Minneapolis. And I had really been wrestling with what I was doing because I I have felt called to share the love of Jesus with people since I was 22 years old. Mm. And God had given me the gift of speaking and writing. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to use this in some way. And and I was in Young Life and and that was a part of what I did. And there was this crazy, I went through this crazy journey with that where I actually, I was doing all these I was like a bit of a golden child in my, my 20s. I had all these opportunities to speak and to teach, but it, it made me really sick, like to my stomach, because mm-hmm. I never felt like I was doing a good enough job. Mm. Um, and so I actually stopped speaking mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is not how I'm supposed to, you know, this is not God. If this is something God has given me, it wouldn't cause me. I wouldn't I'm, feel this way. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be, if I'm not living this out the way I'm supposed to. And so mm-hmm. I stopped for 10 years. I didn't speak. Anyways, I was invited into to speak at a Young Life event, and then it was I, – I said yes to it because the man who was running the the weekend was an older man who I really admired. Mm-hmm. And he said, come do this with me, and I will walk with you. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Then, yes, mm-hmm. I will do mm-hmm. this with you. And it ended up being one of the most intimate and holy experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of reopened that to me, like, okay, maybe I'm now in a place where this is an option for me. So I went through, like, it was three more years before I felt like I was supposed to retire from Young Life and start Live Idlewild, and I did it. And so here I am, this seeing God's hand, feeling like God has been leading me on this journey, right? Mm -hmm. And it's made me in a certain way. Like, I'm not... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not super smart. I'm not super funny. I'm not super attractive. Like, I'm just kind of super ordinary. But I'm, I love Jesus, and I'm, I can talk about that on a stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I don't know what else to do with how you made me to be. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing this big thing. I'm going, I'm starting this Live Idlewild. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I leap out in faith. And then for two years, it was like nothing. Like, wow. right. And I, and my husband, my poor husband is, he's going gray by the day. He's been going gray, you know, just like, cause he knows this, this whole thing. He's really felt called to be in this with me. And so leading up to the Azer, I was really starting to question all of this. Like, okay, God, mm-hmm. if this, if this, if this is where you, how you made me to be. And I, that's tying into being loved by him like being made in love and if this is who i'm supposed to be then why why isn't it working right 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 (laughs) and meaning you know i'm not i had been someone who in ministry i had had people to love and serve and and teach and i didn't have i'm I'm kind of of putting stuff out into the abyss right Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. on the internet you know or like Um, i have a podcast i totally get that right (laughs) seriously (laughs) you know and but you know no one was responding to it and so going into either i had spent the week in my devotional on psalm 139 about being Mm -hmm. fearfully Mm -hmm. and wonderfully made and wonderfully made and I, how many times have you read? I mean, we've read it I've a thousand times, mm-hmm. but for some reason, but I had to read it because it was my devotional for the week. And the more I read it, I kept reading it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day I'm like, what does fearfully made mean? Mm-hmm. Why does it say that right there? So then I looked it up and went back. I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the Greek, mm-hmm. the Hebrew mm-hmm. is actually the Hebrew of that one. And it's basically, it was made with purpose. Mm. And, and reverence, yes, is another way to say yes, it. and I it reconnect like reconnected me with God's love for me because He created me, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm tying this all. Mm-hmm. But you know that there, He created me for a purpose with love. If I was going to live honestly in God's love for me, it means living in a way that the world doesn't necessarily understand and trusting that God will take care of me because He loves me. Jody, I totally get it. I totally get it. I was asked to speak recently for the first time where I had not initiated anything. Someone asked me to speak. It will have already happened by the time this episode comes out. It's a, I'm talking about peace. Mm. And as I was preparing it, the all the analytics of, that I was watching for my podcast, there was a glitch in the system of the host of my podcast. So I, the analytic I was watching, the numbers started plummeting. And then I found out it was a glitch. So then I started tracking downloads instead. Well, the other analytic number I was watching was high, and my download number is really low. And so now I'm like, because, and it's hard to track the impact of a podcast anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I was like, uh, there's a difference. There's a really big, they're far apart. Like, downloads is a fraction of this other number. Is it having a podcast? Like, should I just chuck it all and go get a regular job Ugh. and just like should I, is that what I should do meanwhile I am preparing this message on peace and the peace that Jesus gives is the peace that's in the chaos is the still and the calm and the whole the shalom yes the all things that are wrong made right uh-huh. and then really having to check myself and saying 
what is my definition of success? Is it in numbers mm. and listeners mm -hmm. and downloads? Or is it in me being obedient to what God has called me to do? And if I really believe that this is what God has called me to do, then that is where the success is going to lie. And that just feels scary because, and also just that like in my relationship with him and how that has been changing in like my spiritual formation process, I feel like I don't really fit in any group. Me too. We're misfits. <laughs> yeah. Like, we live on the island of misfit yes. toys. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I think there's something to that. I, I think about the prophets mm. a lot of times and how they were kind of, you know, voices calling out in the wilderness so often. And I, feel, not by any means, am I trying to <laughs> equate myself <laughs> with it? But, but those are. But that is one of the gifts that God gives. I've never considered myself having a prophetic voice, but. But, but that that is, I mean, teaching, preaching, prophecy, evangelism, those are gifts that God still gives to people today. And we need we need them. Mm -hmm. We need, you know, and I and I certainly I feel this with you uh, that really you because you're also on a podcast. So it really is your voice mm. calling out into the wilderness and in calling people to God and his love for them. And mm. the way you're doing that is by living it out yourself right mm. and how do we and it's, and it's different because the reason kind of continuing on to the whole how this living out of your calling is um, connected to love is that do you trust that God loves you enough mm. to take care of you mm -hmm. you know that, that you are that and I don't just mean financially but I also mean just emotionally because I always Half the time I feel just like a total fraud. Like, who am I? Yeah, to be, I get it. Right? Yeah, like, imposter syndrome. Who am I mm -hmm. to be, mm -hmm. you know, thinking that I should right. be on a stage talking about Jesus? You know, mm -hmm. and, and but then at the same time going, oh, I don't have to be enough because God will, he'll provide what's mm -hmm. needed. I'm just mm -hmm. supposed to kind of keep, and I'm going to trust that. And so there's this bit of trust in love. Um, he'll provide what we need. That's what love does, mm -hmm. right? And going back to the whole being loved and accepted as you are, because we don't need to be everything and all things. We just need to be who we are created to be and allow God's love to fill in the rest. Right. right? And did Joe talk about this at Azer? It's like staying in our lane. Mm -hmm. Like just stay in your own lane and do the thing that God has set before you to do. Don't worry. Don't compete. With the people that are in the other lanes. And don't compete with people that are in the same lane as you either. Like, let's, what's the African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go go together. Okay. Can I tell you, I had a total epiphany about that the week before Azer. Mm. Because I had been in a place where I had, I had been feeling so lacking of, like, nobody is hearing what I'm saying and I feel like God has given me this to say but nobody's here and like I was in a really stingy place mm -hmm. where I found myself anytime I was seeing success in another woman especially in mm. something similar to mine I was just not I was it, I became very pouty about it and I didn't like I it was so icky to my heart and I was talking to John about it I'm like I just this is not how I want to go into Azer where there's a bunch of women <laughs> who are killing it in the world as they should be and Literally, it was my, not this week, but before Azer, it was my younger daughter's birthday. 
and so it was her birthday and so that's your like special day when you're mm-hmm. supposed to you know like mm-hmm. my older daughter was so cranky but she was so just bitter about all the attention her sister was getting mm. to the point where I was trying to take a little video like a thank you video to send to their grandparents about the present they'd gotten her and my older daughter was like in the background like trying to distract from her younger sister and I was just so grossed out by that sorry Emma I love you you're amazing but I was just it was just like ew it's her birthday Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's her you will have your special day Mm -hmm. this is hers and then God's like um Jody (laughs) that's actually whose videos are you in the back of right (laughs) and quit trying and so it completely it free literally within it freed me completely from that whole envy and um or just stingy I think it's pride at least for me it was pride well, the insecurity of the insecurity of not stepping into things mm-hmm. because I was afraid I was going to fail was pride. Actually, it was hubris, which is excessive pride. That was the Lord's word to me, hubris. I was like, that's great. I think I know what that is. Yep, excessive pride. Okay, Lord. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Uh, it, it, because I've seen people, like really well-known speakers, talk about Oh, well, I didn't take speaking engagements, you know, similar to what you're saying, didn't take speaking engagements. And, and then you're, you know, and I'm sitting there looking at them going, look at the, look at the influence that you have mm-hmm. and you're just wasting that. And why don't you stop talking about how nervous you are and go do it? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, Angie, why don't you look at influence that you have and you go do it? And it was, pr- for me, it was pride. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that resonate with mm-hmm. you at all? Yes. No, so pride was something... It's not so much pride for me. It used to be pride. But I actually battled that was I battled through that a great deal when that was part of my 10 years of not speaking and when God mm. brought me out of that mm-hmm. of realizing my pride was in I was I was concerned with how it turned out because I was operating under the I it's what I'm bringing to the table mm-hmm. and I'm very freed from that at this point because God basically God made me be quiet and kind of humbled me mm. over 10 years to free me from that. So that wasn't, where's my, with my daughters and that whole, the envy thing, that was a, a quick fix, um, <laughs> that this was not the pride thing. But I, I realized, so it freed me and allowed me to be able to go into things knowing I don't have to be enough mm-hmm. because, because that was the pride for me is I okay. felt like I had to be enough. And now I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not. Um, I'll bring my mess. Right. But, like, my mess comes with me. But but there's, but that's what I've got. And God's not calling me to perfection. He's calling mm. me to just be mm. faithful to who he's calling me to be. He will perfect. Right. But going to, for me, it's the envy piece, which is actually, I was listening to a, a podcast um, on the Enneagrams. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, I'm an Enneagram 4. And there was something incredibly freeing to me that I heard in this podcast about being a four and their struggle with envy. That oh. it, it's a real thing, but it comes from a place because of deep, it's not necessarily we want to replace, we want to be the person we're envious of, but we have such a deep desire to live out and have meaning mm-hmm. so it's not like we want to replace them but we want to be there too mm. and so that was actually very freeing for me because I felt gross I mean there was so there was a little piece of that that was like okay that's a that's a healthy piece of who I am because my passion and my purpose mm-hmm. is to tell help people understand the love of Jesus but the freeing piece was going 
yo, it's her birthday. Mm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's her birthday. It's not my birthday. Mm-hmm. I will, I will, mm-hmm. It will be my birthday someday. And I don't know what that means. I might get a great big party or it might just be, you know, a little candle in the dark, whatever. Right. But to be able to be free and go, oh, hey, it's your birthday today, mm-hmm. you know? I, that was so helpful to me. So in my head, I want to come across someone who I'm like, oh, you're killing it. And that first, like, I'm like, no, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. It's not my birthday. Just go with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is something, though, when I see somebody speaking, and I don't know if it's envy, it's more of a desire to, oh, I want to do that. Like, I have something to say. And then, which is part of the reason why I started the podcast, (laughs) because I had something to say and needed to get it out. Yeah. So I I get what you're saying about. I want to. I want to be there too. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm starting a movement, Angie. Okay, I'm going to invite you into it with me. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I'm, I'm pondering it, but I'm. It's called No Doubt 19, and I'm kind of praying through what it's going to look at. But the idea is not doubting who God has called us to be, mm. and I struggled so so much with that because. It's weird to be to say I want to use my voice. I want to use your voice and to be, you know, to because you have things that the Lord has put in your heart to say mm-hmm. means that you need people to listen to you, which I find very uncomfortable because I don't it feels weird to be like, "Hey, listen to me," you know, because mm-hmm. it may, mm-hmm. it somehow didn't like that I think I'm special and I don't ugh, I just don't like that at all. So, but it's well, it feels um like self soliciting or self yeah. what's the word I'm looking for when you sell yourself like what's the word I'm looking for I, I don't know I don't know I don't know either marketing I don't know anyways but I am my goal coming out of Azer was saying okay I am no longer I'm no longer going to doubt how God wired me self-promoting sorry self-promoting yeah yes. <laughs> yes. everybody who was listening was like it's self-promoting <laughs> and we're like i don't know what's what the, what what's is that word? word um i'm sorry so coming out no. of azer you yeah. were not gonna doubt but i'm just like i am done doubting and i was talking to my one of my dearest friends who lives in california who's known me since way back since we were 20 and she was like that she's like that's it that she's like you need to be no doubt in 2019 mm. and i was like oh stace I'm hashtagging that. Hashtag no doubt 19. And so, but I'm really, I'm pushing into that this year. No doubt 19. I'm mm-hmm. stepping into, and now we're going out of the end of it. Sorry, but I'm just looking to the next year going, I'm not going to doubt the way I was created, the way God created me because he loved me and he's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. My job is just to live in it. Right. Step into it. Yeah. Yeah. This year I presented a workshop at a conference and I loved doing it so much, and I felt like, you know, when you're in your sweet spot and that high yes. after, it was like that. And so I was like, Lord, whatever, whatever you put in my path, I will say yes. I'm tired of saying no. I'm so- tired of the self-sabotaging. But what I like about what you're saying is that it's one more step of, it's not only saying yes, it's saying yes and looking forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about side what's on my sides and what's behind me I'm I'm going forward um you probably know more about this than I do uh, because my um seminary background was not in studying the ancient languages but um the Hebrew I never went to seminary <laughs> I mean I'm auditing a class now oh I was like I thought oh. I'm just auditing one class 
Okay. I'm preaching class. Well, so this is what I've learned. Okay. So there's, because I have a good, a dear friend of mine who is like totally into the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And we're really great because we both love Jesus, but like Jesus is my jam and her jam is the Old Testament. Mm. And so we just, we work really well together, but she's always teaching me um, and reminding me the Hebrew. But she was talking to me about the word nene which I always remember, and it's it's a Hebrew word, and I always think about it because I'm always like, hey, nene, <laughs> you know, but it, nene is the word in Hebrew, and what it basically means, yes, Lord, come what may. Mm. And um, it's what Abraham says when God asks him to sacrifice Isaac. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and so, yes, come what may is actually not, I know there's a, it's actually a better definition than that, but that's how I took it in because I think of, it's the Moulin Rouge song, come what, and that's how I always connected it. But yes, come what may, God, because I'm going to trust that you love me and you will take care of me, come what may. Mm-hmm. And so that's hashtag no doubt 19. I love that. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Is there anything that we haven't talked about, about love that you wanted to make sure that we mentioned? Just that I think if for anyone who's out there listening to really it's it's we can listen to these podcasts you know we do when we're cleaning our houses or we're driving on the road you know down the road or wherever we are and we can listen and go yes yes mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. and I just kind of want to come back around to the whole like I love tea you know versus I love my children and I just want I just really want to focus in on especially in this advent season to take the time to really live in the knowledge that you are loved by God as you are. And no matter what you do today or tomorrow, not, that is not going to change how he sees you and how he loves you and how he's and what he's, he wants to give you. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of want to come back around like to that and say, and what does it mean to live out of that love? Just yesterday in my quiet time with Jesus, I was reading something from this guy named Carlo Caretto, who was like an Italian brother, Catholic thing guy. Um, He wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, But he said something I thought was so beautiful and so appropriate to what we have just been talking about. And he says, God is thrust onward by his love, not attracted by our beauty. He comes in moments when we have done everything and when we have done nothing. Somebody recently I heard talked about that we are supposed to follow Jesus. Jesus is not following us, which sounds like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be following where God is going. His like He's being propelled forward. We're the follower. We are not the leader. Angie, that that means that we have to surrender control Stop of our it. of our lives <laughs> Stop and it. and not know the direction, like not know where we're going. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. It is that's what we're called to yeah and as we've been talking about love and its different meanings too it made me think of c.s lewis's book four loves and agape the agape love like the highest form of love the love that god has for us that is that unconditional all-consuming no matter what kind of love Mm -hmm. and when i my youngest son my youngest son is an enneagram eight which is the challenger pretty sure that's what he is. Um, And he's very strong-willed, which is a good personality trait. It's just hard to parent. But I felt like I was correcting him all the time. And so when I put him to bed at night, most nights I will say, I love you always and forever, no matter what. 
And so then when it comes to a time when he's gotten in trouble because of his strong will or whatever, I start out with, we're good. I, this is a no matter what. I love you always and forever, no matter what. This doesn't change mm. anything. And I start there, and then we go into whatever it was that mm. that happened. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying that, I kept thinking about the love that I have for my son and that God's love is is that, like, he keeps saying to me, Angie, this is one of those no matter, I'm going to start crying. This is one of those no matter what's. Mm. It does not matter that you're full of pride, excessive pride, as right. he put it. <laughs> I still love you. I can still use you. Come to me. Stay mm. in relationship with me. Because I think, because I'm an Enneagram 7, I'm running from pain. Mm. So when there's pain, it's the walls, arms length away, you know, cut and run is kind of my go-to. Mm-hmm. But I love like that he's still calling, mm-hmm. still come, no matter what. Gosh, how it's so freeing to live there. Mm-hmm. Once you can get there, but it's so freeing because that it takes so much pressure off trying to be what you're not and mm-hmm. just live into who God made you to and and right. and lean into, you know, what he's trying he's trying to create within you, which is wholeness, mm-hmm. right? And, right, right. And how how freeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as hard as it is to say, okay, surrender and give up control. Once you can, it's so freeing, right? To just be in that place where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know. How is this so much out. better? Right? <laughs> like, hey, God, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. You drive. I'll just put my hand out the window and. Yep, I've had moments in that place. <laughs> you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm often like, God, I'll drive. Come on. Yeah. It'll be I got, fine. I've got this. Yeah. You just bless it. Yeah. And I've got and it. He's like, no, Jody. You can try it for two <laughs> seconds and then I'm going to remind you. And, I'll, and then you go back to where you're supposed to sit. Okay. <laughs> so the question I've been asking my guests in this Advent season is, what is a favorite Christmas memory or tradition that you have? Ooh. Um... My family always got together on Christmas Eve, which was different. Everyone kind of did the Christmas Day was like the big day, but ours Mm -hmm. was Christmas Eve. And we always, we would eat chili Mm. and with my grandparents. And then we'd open all of our presents. And one year, we we always got a a present from, mailed to us from our our aunt who wasn't there. And and our aunt always, she kind of would send some like, kooky presents like they were always so we're always like it was always interesting when we opened her presents we were like well what's it gonna be you know it's always Mm -hmm. in one year it was like those swoosh balls with like on that are like on launchers like what is it when they're on gun you see them Mm -hmm. i'm making Mm -hmm. a motion right now like uh shooters the thing that david used yeah slingshot slingshot thank you Mm -hmm. okay and so we opened it and we ended up in just a huge family swoosh ball slingshot battle <laughs> and it was and we my brother and I were teenagers at the time which is when you don't like your parents and you think they're very uncool mm-hmm. but we just had so much fun Aww. and that is one of my most cherished Christmas memories mm-hmm. is just being with my family and our normal and then to have this like surprise from out of nowhere <laughs> that just led to such great fun so that was mine what's yours great. oh nobody's asked me um growing up my family was traditional i mean it was almost timed what we where we went (laughs) what we ate what the conversation was going to be mm -hmm. and so actually christmas eve we would go to church 
and then we would come back to our house and my mom made sloppy joes which I always thought was funny and we would be to, with my dad's side of the family my mom's side of the family wasn't local and then and we were all dressed up because we had been to church and we ate sloppy joes and then the next day we would go to my grandma's house and eat prime rib and like be casually dressed because That's like really we funny. just hadn't come to church right. or come from church I remember lots of extended family being there because my my dad's dad's family had a lot of married couples who didn't have children or mm. um, cousins that didn't marry. And so when it came to holidays, some of them didn't have places to so go. So they all came to. So they were included. And so there yeah. were great aunts and great uncles that were always there that were a part of the tradition. Did they all give you presents because they didn't have kids? <laughs> yeah. Some, yes. That would be awesome. I was thinking I about. I mean, it's not about the gifts <laughs> at all. I'm just <laughs> I was, we had one of my dad's cousins would give us gifts and we would always kind of joke like, oh goodness, what's going to be this year? And like one year it was plastic popcorn holders. I mean like random, (laughs) yeah, random stuff. Uh So anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'll have to think about that. I, what, one thing I've really liked about now in my own family is holding on to some of the traditions like you get. Christmas pajamas, new Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve that mm-hmm. you sleep in. We have Christmas morning at our house. But creating other kinds of traditions for our fam- for our for my little family that are meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like we celebrate St. Nicholas Day and we've never done Santa Claus, but we've always talked about who St. Nicholas was and that the legend of St. Nicholas and celebrating Advent and being really purposeful about walking through that as a family sometimes it's sitting down and going through two or three because we missed them or sometimes it's reading the verse getting the chocolate out of the calendar and calling it good not doing the big reading but trying to instill in my boys that rhythm of preparation yes and being able to be purposeful about it Mm -hmm. but then and still like incorporating the fun of don't forget to leave your shoes out for saint nicholas day and Getting the gold coins and the Santa Nicholas big chocolate thing in their shoes. Okay, so how did your how did your boy how have they done with the Saint Nicholas and Santa in school? We never said that there was no Santa. Okay. We never said there was a Santa. Okay. We just talked about Saint Nicholas. But then I sent mixed messages by taking them to the mall to get their picture taken with Santa. <laughs> and like I love Christmas movies and it was the night before Christmas you know I would read that to them and recite that to them and Christmas carols and I love all those things and when they would ask about Santa Mm -hmm. I would tell them about Saint Nicholas okay but I never said like I was talking to one of one of the earlier weeks of this Advent series someone said they talked about Saint Nicholas and then their child went to school and was like yeah he's dead Santa's dead and then they were like um (laughs) But I have another friend who they just legit straight up told their kids, Santa doesn't exist, but some families, that is really meaningful for some families, and you don't talk about it at school and you don't ruin it for them. Mm -hmm. And once she had talked about that, then I went back around with my boys and said, like, just so you know, it's okay. Heads up. If people want to do Santa real big, that's fine. But we've just, this is kind of the way that we've chosen to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think that... I, honestly, I think that there's 
truly no right or wrong way in Mm -mm. this way you know within this particular conversation we have my girl my older daughter who is so like she is is filled with the holy spirit like Mm -hmm. i didn't actually think that little kids could give their lives to jesus but my daughter did and is like it amazes me she's eight but she we do santa we don't do a big deal about and we talk Mm -hmm. about how santa um Santa is celebrating the gift of Jesus, and that's why he brings mm-hmm. gifts. And so we really mm-hmm. so, but we don't make a huge deal about it. Um, but one day, Emma is just reaching the point where people in her class are starting to be, you know, there's murmurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's in mm-hmm. third grade. Mm-hmm. Santa's not real. And she came home and she's like, Santa is real. God made Santa. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but we, we got, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't say anything. I'm like, well, what do you think about it? But I'll tell you what we don't do elf on the shelf. Oh. For one, I don't want the pressure. Seriously. And creepy. Okay. The I elf is watching you? I can't remember to give my daughters their <laughs> antibiotics for all the days that they're supposed to, much less un- move an elf around. And also, when my girls asked why we don't have an elf, I said, because it's against my theology. <laughs> because I'm just like, it's the whole, like, you better be good. I mean, it's totally yeah. like that Christian, I mean, uh, the Christmas cultural, you know, mm-hmm. like, you better watch out. You better, you know, mm-hmm. because, but I'm like, that's just, but that's not why God doesn't bring presents because of what we Dude. Right, because of your goodness. Right, it's because mm-hmm. so I'm like, and my girls are like, okay, <laughs> like they're, they're just like, okay, I guess we don't. Although have. I do have to say, I love when people post pictures. Oh my gosh, of their elf on the Me shelf, too. I or love- whatever else, whatever trouble their elf I, is getting yeah, into. I think there's they're so fun and creative. That probably so so appeals to me. And mm-hmm. I don't even the you you know like naughty or nice thing is really it's just me personally and mm-hmm. where I kind of engage in what what's tender. Right. I think for me. Mm-hmm. Um but <laughs> so but I think your I mean, boys are probably the same like my girls are like okay we just don't have right. not your boys are like okay. And though now that we're talking my younger one I don't remember how old he was and he just asked straight out if Santa was real. And I said, no. And he was like, yeah, he is. And I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, I haven't said either way. So whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I just use it with my. Let's go read a St. Nicholas book. <laughs> when, my, when my daughters ask me, I was like, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And then they go on. And Emma, now my older daughter, is she, you can tell that she's, she feels like she needs to make the case mm. for it. So, but that's what I'm going to keep saying until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> what do you think? I'm waiting for the day. I was like, mom, what do you think? Like, right. what do you, what's the answer? Tell me the truth. And then I'm, 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 I'll be ready for it. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and Thanks talking. For having me. So fun. I know. I'm like, can we keep going? No, we have to, people have things to do. I get well, it. Will you come back again? Please. Can I? Yes. I would love to. I would love to. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. And so this Christmas, I hope you'll take the time to come on down to my side of town, cause you're a friend of mine.